Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, your award-winning Texas history podcast. My name is Ken Wise, your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am grateful that you are a listener and lover of Texas history. Uh, you're joining thousands of people around the world getting some Texas history through this podcast, and I really appreciate it. This is the 90th episode of Wise About Texas. Now, that does not include the bonus episodes I put out from time to time. This is the 90th regular episode. I cannot believe that uh, there have been 90 episodes of this podcast. I never anticipated that it would be as popular as it is. Uh, It has been way more fun than I ever thought it would be. Uh, I have met people all around this state. I've had the opportunity to travel all around this state uh, talking about Texas history to different groups. If you've got a group that you think could use a Texas history presentation, I really enjoy doing that. So just hit me up at host at wiseabouttexas.com. And if we can make it happen, I'm always glad to speak to Texans anywhere. Well, um, it's summer of 2020 when this episode is being released. Uh, I took a little bit of a break. We had a family trip to the old Republic of Texas, which some people refer to as the state of Colorado. Uh, We traveled over a thousand miles one way and never left the old Republic of Texas. But we enjoyed some cool weather up there and some Colorado hospitality, but I'm back at it. Um, If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I am a Court of Appeals Justice by day, and uh, I've got an election coming up this November, so I'm not sure how that's going to affect the production schedule this fall. I'm guessing probably not too much since large gatherings of people are still not occurring at this point in 2020, so we'll just have to play that by ear. Um, Well, summer's winding down. We've got the kids starting back in school. I hope uh, those of you with children are they're getting into some kind of groove with this uh, virtual school or hybrid schedule that my kids are dealing with. Um, and that means summer's over, but we want to take one last summer story and tell you a little bit about the Texas Navy and the time uh, Texas invaded Mexico in 1837. So let's go back to 1837 and get wise about Texas. I want to start by talking about an island off the east coast of the Yucatan in Mexico called Cozumel. The Mayans called it Land of the Swallows, and they considered it a sacred place. They actually had a shrine on the island to the goddess of fertility, and the Mayan girls were required to make a pilgrimage there to pray for fertility and motherhood. Spain made it to the island in 1518, and they actually got along peacefully with the Mayans on the island, uh, which, of course, was not the case on the mainland. Uh, Cortez made a stop at Cozumel, and unfortunately, of course, uh, the European smallpox decimated the native population. And by 1600, nobody was left on the island. And there's some discussion that pirates used the island, perhaps even Jean Lafitte used the island. You'll recall his headquarters for a time was on the island of Galveston. Um... That may or may not be the case, but uh, some British timbermen moved on to the island, and they began harvesting timber and sending it back to England, and they weren't uh, paying duties on that timber, so the Spanish regarded them as more as thieves and smugglers, um, and they used a word called pirata, and I think that's probably how the pirate rumors started, but nevertheless, it's a good story. Um, 
In the mid-1800s, there was a caste war, C-A-S-T-E, and the refugees from that war took shelter on the island of Cozumel. Um, at one point, Abraham Lincoln proposed buying the island of Cozumel, uh, but it really wasn't very inhabited and didn't take off as the present-day tourist destination that it is until Jacques Cousteau, the great ocean explorer and diver, declared Cozumel one of the best diving spots in the world, and that was in the 60s, and that really kicked off the tourism for Cozumel that we enjoy today. I know my friends that are scuba divers love to go down there, and uh, I've been down there several times, but back in 1837, uh, it was a little bit of a different story. So what was going on in 1837, of course, Texas had won her independence, and they couldn't really uh, be effective with all the coastline that we had unless we had an effective navy. Tensions with Mexico were very high, and uh, we were very concerned about invasion uh, from, the, uh, from the Gulf. Um, there had been some of that discussed during the Texas Revolution. If you go all the way back to the very first episode of Wise About Texas, we talked about the capture of the pocket, and, uh, which was an American ship carrying Mexican agents and arms for Santa Ana, etc., including a map of the Texas coastline. So this was always a risk. Um, right after, not right after San Jacinto, but later in 1836, a Mexican general named Nicolas Bravo had concentrated his army in Matamoros and threatened to overwhelm the remnants of the Texas army and recapture Texas. Now, Mexican politics at this time, as it so often is, was in turmoil. And the war minister in Mexico, a general named Don Jose Maria Tornel, canceled the attack. He instructed Bravo not to attack. There were uh, rebellions brewing in Mexico, and he knew that that was not going to be the smartest thing. So Tornel decided to harass Texas shipping in the Gulf of Mexico. The Mexican Navy was larger and more organized than the Texas Navy, which is not saying much, but um, the Mexican Navy decided that they were going to blockade Texas ports, and they did that. Um, and they positioned ships off our ports, including Galveston, and they actually started capturing ships, including American ships, which, of course, caused a problem with the United States and caused tensions with the United States to rise. A United States warship sailed down to Matamoros. Let me mention here, Mexico and the United States had a treaty that uh, the United States, of course, accused Mexico of violating by, ca by capturing these ships. So, this, um, so the U.S. Navy sent a ship to Mexico, and they actually recaptured an American ship, uh, a ship called the Louisiana, um, which the Mexican Navy had captured. They recaptured that ship and uh, sailed her back to Texas. At one point, the American commander sailed up to a ship called the General Urea, and uh, the com American commander was named Mervine or Mervine, and uh, he opened his gun ports and threatened the ship that if the ship moved, he'd blow the ship up. So he basically took this Mexican warship hostage. In the meantime, some other ships appeared on the horizon that the Mexican Navy had captured and were bringing into port. Uh, so they had a little bit of a standoff, which resulted in the American commander uh, actually sending a crew aboard the General Urea and uh, capturing her. 
that American commander incidentally uh, wreaked havoc with the Mexican Navy and chased many of their boats all over the Gulf of Mexico. And what he essentially did was ended their blockade of Texas. So even though the conflict was between Texas and Mexico and the U.S. was supposed to be neutral in that conflict, at least at this time, uh, the U.S. Navy essentially ended that blockade. Where was the Texas Navy? Well, two of the most famous ships in the Texas Navy were the Invincible and the Brutus. And we've mentioned the Invincible several times in various episodes of this podcast. They had actually been sent to New York to get uh, fitted out, to get rehabilitated and and refitted. When they arrived back in Galveston, they ran into um, a very significant force of opposition, and that was President Sam Houston. Sam Houston hated the Texas Navy. He thought it was unnecessary. He thought it was too expensive. It was very expensive. And of course, the Republic of Texas was broke as it remained uh, during uh, the Republic's entire existence. So he was not in favor of the Navy. In fact, when the ships, when Brutus and Invincible came back from New York, uh, he just, he, Houston relieved the commanders of their commands. So there was a lot of internal conflict concerning the Navy. The Texas Secretary of the Navy was a gentleman named Samuel Rhodes Fisher, who had signed the Texas Declaration of Independence and had owned a shipping business. and that So that's what qualified him to be Secretary of the Navy. And he realized when the U.S. commander uh, left, even though the blockade had been largely eliminated, the Mexican Navy was regrouping and that uh, Fisher knew this was going to be a problem into the future and that Texas better be able to secure her coastline. He also realized that if those two warships, now without commanders, were stuck in port, that uh, the Mexican Navy could basically trap them, could, could re-blockade, and uh, those ships wouldn't be able to do anything. So what Fisher decided was that he was going to put those warships out into the Gulf and harass the Mexican shipping in the Mexican ports, and that's exactly what he did. And, of course, that would bring him uh, into conflict with Sam Houston. The advantage that Texas would have is the Mexican coastline is so long, and it would be very hard to um, patrol against the Brutus and the Invincible if they were harassing the ports. Sam Houston did not want to do that. What he wanted to do, if he was to allow those ships out to sea, would be for them to wait in sort of a defensive posture. Well, you know, Fisher's idea was, uh, or he knew, that uh, the Mexican ships, which were superior in number and uh, quality, would just uh, attack the Brutus and the Invincible, and there wouldn't be anything that Texas could do about it, that those ships needed to be sailing and actively attacking in the Mexican coastline. So what Fisher did, because he couldn't convince Sam Houston, uh, he just decided that uh, he would do it anyway, which was at the very least insubordinate, and of course Sam Houston would refer to it as treason or mutiny. So off they went. The Brutus was under command of a Captain James Boylan, and the Invincible was under command of Commodore Henry Thompson. So they took off, and uh, they tried to find some Mexican shipping coming from Louisiana. They weren't able to do that, so they decided to sail toward Mexico to the Mexican coast uh, in blatant defiance of Sam Houston's orders and attack ships and ports in that area. And here's the fact I wanted to tell you. Thompson takes the Invincible down past 
uh, Isla Mujeres, which is uh, an island off the coast of Yucatan. And once again, I apologize for my lack of Spanish pronunciation. But there's a story that Thompson captured. And I mentioned those British timbermen on Cozumel. He captured a load of logs and ended up selling them back to the people he captured them from for several hundred dollars, which makes him more of a pirate than a Navy commander. Um, But on July 13th, Thompson went ashore on the island of Cozumel. He found the island very beautiful, the white sand beaches, the fruit trees, the maize, the uh, maize that the Indians had planted and were growing on Cozumel. And he declared that the island of Cozumel would be, quote, one of the greatest acquisitions to our beloved country that the Admiral Aloft could have bestowed on us, close quote. He then ordered the crew of the Invincible to come on shore at Cozumel and construct a 45-foot flagpole, which they did, uh, much to the confusion of the few people living on the island, I'm sure. Commodore Thompson ran the Texas flag up the flagpole and declared that the island of Cozumel was the possession of the Republic of Texas, followed by raucous firing of salutes from the guns, which must have caused considerable consternation to the natives. Nevertheless, Thompson claimed the island for the Republic of Texas. To date, I am unaware that we have rescinded that claim, so we might have an argument that the island of Cozumel is actually Cozumel, Texas. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. I will look forward to releasing another episode very quickly on uh, an article that I just published in the Texas Supreme Court Historical Society Journal about the secret court of the Republic of Texas. Um, I usually tell you how to go see some of the places mentioned in the episode. Uh, Really, the only place I mentioned today, other than the beautiful Texas coastline, is the island of Cozumel. And when you go down there, you will find a ton of Texans. So uh, go down there and and think about whether you're actually in Texas. Uh, Find the show on our Facebook page, Wise About Texas Facebook page, at Wise About Texas on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, go out and do something for Texas today. God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.